WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. You can get more information about our program, goodmorningcomrade.com. Today on the show, we have Jeff and Scott in the studio. We also have a couple of guests. We have uh, returning champions, two returning champions. We have Jake Germain. Hello. And we also have Mark Allen Derry. What's going on, Mark Allen? Uh, hello. Hello. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having me on again. Again. Yeah, you're always welcome. And uh, you can also check out Mark Allen on his program every day on Facebook, Noise Filter, uh, and also the podcast Noise Filter. What's what's Noise Filter about, Mark Allen? Noise. So there's two versions of Noise Filter because we couldn't brand it once. We had to do it twice. Uh, there's a podcast called Noise Filter. It's all one word. And uh, what that podcast is, is myself and uh, my colleague, Doc Griggs, who I've been doing radio and media with for years. Uh, it's a 10-minute, a very high-yield uh, COVID-19 daily updates, but it takes COVID-19 and it filters it through the lens of social, economic, environmental, and racial justice. The second entity called Noise Filter is a daily Facebook uh, live show that I do with Doc Riggs again. This goes from four to five Central Standard Time, uh, and you can find it either on my uh, Dr. Mark Allen Dairy Facebook uh, page or uh, Eric Griggs' Facebook page or Access Health Louisiana. And what we do this is an hour-long show that's much more spontaneous. Uh, for the first 20 minutes or so, I do kind of a, an academic presentation of where we're at with uh, epidemiology, and I show very hard science. It's not boring. I breathe no. life into it. I promise you. I know I lost people when I said academic and hard science, but <laughs> I, show the, I show the epidemiology of where we're at in terms of COVID-19 so that you can make a decision of how best to uh, proceed moving forward uh, in, uh, um, you know, in New Orleans or wherever it is that you live. Uh, and then the second half of the show is we make fun of the powerful uh, and the rich uh, and the establishment by going over stories and showing how ridiculous uh, some of our uh, political uh, leaders are. Yeah, and I'm usually you know, in the comments, usually having a little fun over there, uh, just, just tapping yeah, along in the comments yeah. and uh, sending some notes. Making sure Speaking I keep of, making sure we keep our guys honest. That's exactly right. You know, I, you know, people often say, people often say to me, you know, oh, you know, you should run for office. I'm like, what? I don't want to be the powerful. I want to make fun of the powerful. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. Satire is what it's all about. It's the only thing go. that people and the powerful will really respond to is pressure and satire. Yeah. So, uh, what's the state of COVID in Louisiana right now? How are we doing? So I, I will say this. So um, <clears throat> it's a mixed bag, uh, as these things usually are. There's no really clean answer. Um, technically, cases are going down. So if you look at the New York Times, uh, which is what I look at every day, some people look at the Hopkins website, it's all the same. They're all collecting the numbers the same. I just happen to look at the New York Times every day. We are 
going down in the state of Louisiana. Um, and I think that our, our, over the course of 14 days, I think we've been declining like something like 3%. Mm-hmm. So there is a downward trend. Um, in the country, we're going up. But in Louisiana, we are going down. Our, our not, so the infectivity number is going up a little bit, uh, as it is here in Orleans Parish. Uh, as well. So I think that if you put everything together, I think um, with the, uh, um, I think that we got over the bump uh, or, you know, of the, of the college students returning back to Orleans and back to Louisiana. Um, I think we've seen an increase in cases. I think with kids now being in school, there's going to be a new normal. In other words, we're going to see increase in a baseline. So the baseline will be higher. Uh, and I think that's going to be the new normal. And I think what is going to t- tip us over the edge moving forward is as we now move into phase three, both in the state as well as here in Orleans Parish, which I anticipate some announcement sometime fairly soon, mm-hmm. probably by the time this podcast or this radio, uh, um, by the time that this uh, show airs, uh, the announcement will have already been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's going to be some loosening of restrictions here in Orleans Parish. So as these loosenings occur, we will see increases in cases mm-hmm. like that's a hundred percent guaranteed that's almost that's as guaranteed as if i take my phone and i let it go i know it's not going to hover it's going to fall to the center of the earth so that's as certain as i am of that i know that we're going to start seeing increases in cases the issue and the most I- I- important question um, that nobody seems to have any answers for um, i asked it uh, to the fire marshal directly when we were moving out of the lockdown into phase one and I ask the question regularly uh, in the city as well is what is the what are the parameters we're using to snap back? In other words, how much is too much? How many cases? How much uh, mm-hmm. infectivity? How much are not? How much test positivity? How much death? How much mm-hmm. is enough? And because we've had a massive failure uh, out of the White House and on a federal level to give us that guidance, we don't know. And so nobody really wants to make that decision, especially in the state, especially locally, because that's going to be what it is that businesses are going to point to. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to say, well, you were the one that made decision, as opposed to being able to point to the CDC and say, I didn't. I'm just following the CDC guidelines. So this is what we refer to as snapback parameters. And Mm -hmm. so we don't know what those snapback parameters are. So uh, if I were just to kind of just one more sentence, just to say, right now we're doing good. I think we're moving into an area where we're going to start seeing more cases as we move out of into phase three. And then what we need to recognize finally is how much is too much. Yeah. And, and one of the things that that when you were talking about, you just brought up the CDC, uh, I sent the, just uh, as of recording, uh, there was an article that came out in The New York Times yesterday uh, about this, the um, pressure that it was, it was called the behind the White House effort to pressure the CDC on school openings. And, and the findings in that article were essentially uh, ways that that the White House was pressuring people within that department or for the, for the center of disease control to just relax restrictions, which is something that we already knew was happening as it went down. But now there's documentation of that. No, you're absolutely right in that it was such an important article because, like you said, we've known that's been going on. Um, uh, and I've been screaming. You've been saying about it for it. months. <laughs> right. And my colleague, Doc Griggs, who 
doesn't like to be political, often feels uncomfortable when I have these conversations. But we've known that this has been the case. And, and, and you know, and this is it. I mean, think about this. I mean, if you wanted to create the best response, we wrote the pandemic playbook that other countries use. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. It is our we wrote the playbook for it. It was initially written by Bush. It was perfected, or at least it was significantly improved by the Obama administration. They actually had an office in the White House to do this. When when Trump got in, they canned it all. So if you look at the response that we're in right now, because the, the, the official federal plan of action has been in action, mm-hmm. period, end of discussion. And if you wanted to create in October or November, peak chaos, this is the plan that you would have taken. Mm-hmm. When you see our numbers compared to other numbers, you see that everybody's seen that that graph of Europe and the US, mm-hmm. and then like sometime in like May, it splits where the Europe goes down and then the yeah. US explodes. Now, admittedly, Europe is having an increase in cases. That was largely because they relaxed. The Europeans had their holidays. They had COVID fatigue. And now they're having an increase in cases. But guess what? What they're going to do is that they're going to go back to doing what they did in the first place that made them successful, Mm -hmm. right? People in Europe, the European societies there, they're we cultures, as opposed to here in America, we're me cultures. Mm -hmm. And the we cultures do a lot better with COVID than the me cultures. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the plan that we've done, we've done everything that we could possibly do to ensue chaos. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is the most atrocious about it is 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 threefold. One, we don't know what long term. Uh, even people are like, oh, it's mild. It's a little flu. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Majority of people do fine. It's a minority of people who die or whatever. One, we don't know what long term COVID does. Period. End of discussion. You know why? Because we've only been doing this for six months. I personally fear that we're going to see a lot of injury. Uh, as a result of COVID, both uh, pulmonary scarring, lung scarring, heart issues. We're seeing athletes now with three months out of having COVID, having muscle inflammation or heart inflammation. That's called myocarditis. It's the inflammation of the heart muscle. People can drop dead and die with that condition. Okay. So this is a very serious thing, right? We don't have no idea about what effects it has on the CNS. You hear the central nervous system. We hear about people complaining about brain fog, about this chronic fatigue that they have. So there is no such thing as mild uh, COVID. You could have COVID and I believe that COVID is going to be, uh, you could have chronic COVID. Let me also add to that, that we saw SARS in 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a model, right? Because it's the related virus. It's coronavirus, SARS-CoV-1, SARS-CoV-2. We're dealing mm-hmm. with SARS-CoV-2. They had 10 years of pulmonary complications for people that had SARS. Now, there Jeez. were only 800 cases of SARS, 895 rather. So we don't know. Now we have 7 million. So we're going to have a much bigger sample size to be able to work with. So that's issue mm-hmm. number one. Issue number two is... Um, I don't know. We're letting people die, right? We just I mean, crossed two hundred thousand just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right, two hundred thousand deaths of known COVID. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, you multiply that number, really, it's going to be between five and ten. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. are guesstimating. You know, very reputable people are estimating ten. So, Jesus. but let's just say right. we'll stick with the two hundred thousand for right now. Two hundred thousand deaths. What the f? 
I mean, really, like, think about this. Um, I think Vietnam was 50,000 deaths. So let's say, uh, not, so Benghazi, let's start with Benghazi, four deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, 9-11. That, let's go with 9-11, 3,000 deaths, right? Not, not counting all of the uh, 9-11 uh, first responders, okay, mm-hmm. uh, that died later of complications, of silicosis and all the pulmonary complications that they ended up developing that the Republicans, by the way, withheld medical care for because they are the most repugnant and the most vile individuals, Okay, because their their intention is to hurt Americans, not actually help Americans. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, we're dealing with 200,000 people dying. Uh, Vietnam was 50,000. And uh, I think the first uh, World War One may have been like one hundred and ten thousand or one hundred and twenty thousand. And right now, next is, uh, I think, World War Two, which is like four hundred thousand. And then after that, it's civil war. So the the civil war, which is like a million plus is what it's estimated. Mm -hmm. So we are in between the number of deaths between World War One, World War Two. We've surpassed Benghazi. We've surpassed 9-11. We surpassed Vietnam and Korean War. And we surpassed uh, um, uh, 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 the fatalities from from World War One, what, what and then we, lastly, uh, oh, go ahead. lastly, one more thing. Just one more thing. I was there was a list. The last thing here is that we are sending our children back into environments that we don't know what the 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 outcomes could be of those environments. Mm-hmm. Right? We're sending kids back to school. I don't know if you heard. I thought of this this morning. I was going to reach out to you. I knew we were going to do this tonight. Was mm-hmm. Um, one of the COVID trackers, uh, and I haven't had a chance to confirm this, but I, I, the source is a very reliable source, mm-hmm. said that there were 30,000 known cases of children who've been in, that have been associated with schools right now. Uh-huh. The last I checked, there were six, maybe more at this point. That was two weeks ago. But last I checked, there were six teachers' deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, that had been recorded uh, as a result of sending children back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past week, the American Academy of, of Pediatrics uh, documented an increase of uh, 10% of all new cases of COVID-19 are children, and we're seeing a significant increase in cases in our young adults in those uh, that are in college as a result of co- congregate living and 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 uh, and, uh, um, and and moving to colleges and what have you. Yeah. So that is what is COVID-19, and and when you look at all that in totality, and you look at a place like Sturgis in which 500,000 people got together and have now are responsible for over 250,000 infections. And you look at the president who's having these massive rallies in closed spaces that are unmasked. If you look at the um, uh, the debate from last night, you saw that uh, uh, the Trump family was sitting unmasked where mm-hmm. the Biden family was sitting in the front row masked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what we have done here as a country is not only a national embarrassment. And in fact, the debate last night was a microcosm of what you may consider to be what this whole uh, response has been. But we are a international embarrassment. And when Trump said that the rest of the world is laughing at us, he was right, except they weren't laughing at us four years ago. They'd be laughing at us four years into his administration and seeing as the massive way that we have blundered this response, Mm -hmm. blundered from the perspective of somebody who wants to save lives Mm -hmm. and keep people alive. If you look at it from the perspective of people who want to create chaos, they did a great job doing it a hundred percent. 
Yeah, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. That is Mark Allen Derry. He is on a roll. Uh, we also Sorry. have Jake Germain and uh, Scott in the studio. Uh, so I guess I uh, could just kick it to some questions that y'all might have for him. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I had a question. Uh, so you, you mentioned this really briefly um, way back. Do, do you think... Um, I know the city is supposed to make an announcement tomorrow. Uh, do, you, do you think they're going to go to uh, phase three then in New Orleans? Um, I actually know what they're going to do, and I can't talk about it. I can wait I like will, 24 hours. <laughs> but I will say this. There's going to be a loosening of restrictions, but it's going to be I mean, very safe. Figures that, yeah. Right. Uh, and I know this is going to play a couple days later, but mm-hmm. even still, mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. talk about it. So, so uh, guys, yeah, you know, I have a question. If I went back to my job doing pizza recently, uh, how at risk am I? For what? Uh, I'm making pizza and also delivering it sometimes. All right. As long as you're masked and everybody's masked indoors. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming you're in a kitchen that has a good ventilation system. As long as everybody's masked, you're going to be fine. When you're delivering, you know, people are going to answer the door. They're not going to be masked. I would just try to, you know, try to keep the... Oh, I... I- I knock the door, and if there's like a little stoop, I just stand up by the street. Mm-hmm. Got it. I okay, go down yeah. the stairs. Right. That's that's the right thing to do. So, um, one of the things that I think about too is um, like some of the measures that I've seen in schools. Now, I'm I've taken leave because of some various you know medical issues with my family uh, that I don't want to risk bringing COVID home. Um, however, wh- when I was going to school before the students came back. Uh, one of the things that they would like, basically there was a reliance on a lot of self-reporting by individuals of, <laughs> yeah. of, um, of Sorry. whether or not they would have, you know, symptoms and temperature checks. And when they would, when they would have a confirmed case of COVID at school, they would essentially send a letter, like an email confirming that there was a case of COVID at the school We've talked to all the people that had need to know anything. You know, you don't need to worry about it. We're just letting you know that there was a case of COVID and mm-hmm. everything else is being handled is essentially sort of the situation. And that made me really kind of uh, extremely nervous. Not that I necessarily like want to know everything about every single person that's got, but, 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 but the, the, there's a lot of holes in that approach. So, like the um, the temperature thing. How what percentage of um, what percentage of people who get COVID are asymptomatic and don't show well, things like temperatures. Forty so percent are asymptomatic, mm-hmm. um, and sixty uh, percent are are symptomatic. And of those sixty percent, you may have anywhere between twenty to thirty percent that may not have fevers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you are looking at a a lower group of people who may actually have fevers. Personally, I'm not opposed to the fever checks. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I hear the argument for and against. They mm-hmm. they both make sense to me. Um, I I see it as at least it's it's something, you mm-hmm. know. Not doing it, you're gonna. It's sort of like one of these things where you know, should I apply for this? You know, you know, I want to get a job. Should I apply for that job? Well, the answer is no if you don't do it, right? right? You know, so this is the opposite. the The opposite here is. You know, at least you're picking up on something. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pick up on them if you didn't do it. Yeah. So it it's low risk. It's low. It's low everything. It's everything that we want in a public mm-hmm. health intervention. You're not inconveniencing somebody. You're not 
you're not getting information. You're not, it's not intrusive. It's nothing. It's, it's just a thermometer to the forehead. Correct. No, I mean, I'm definitely not against that, but I just like, I, I, one of the things that concerns me is that there's this idea that people would feel that that is sufficient. You know what I mean? Almost like there's a a, a component. Yeah, no, 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 no. That is not, that is. It's necessary, but not sufficient, essentially. Right. So let's do the math. All right. So we did the math. We said 60% are symptomatic. So let's take that. And then we said that it's 70 to 80% of that 60%. So, um, so what are we talking about? So that's a total of like maybe 40% of those people with COVID. So you're only picking up on 40% of them. Mm-hmm. If they didn't feel sick in the morning and didn't take Tylenol or Advil. Right. Right. Like yeah. that'll, that'll hide the fever. So you're probably <laughs> now down to now you're down to 30 percent probably or 25 percent. Right. So, I mean, it's not it's not foolproof. Right. And nobody should be relying on that. But it's, it's better than not doing it to do it. Yeah, for sure. I think it's better than not doing it. But you shouldn't be relying on that. I think what you need to be relying on uh, is 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 prevention more than mm-hmm. anything else. Prophylaxis. Right. So mm-hmm. more than anything else, mask, mask, mask. Like, I can't tell you how important masking is. Um, you know, WHIV supported a whole masking program, Mask Up COVID Down. Um, it's it's without question the most important thing that you could do. But I, that was what I used to say up until about a week and a half ago. And uh, the CDC reported um, in Emerging Infectious Diseases, which is their journal, mm-hmm. um, a, a remarkable study that was done in Germany. And it was done in a... Um, uh, and it was done in this town in Germany uh, in which they uh, took kids, they, um, they, they took all of the elementary schools and all, all the high schools, uh, K through 12, their equivalent of K through 12, they reduced class sizes by 50% and they went into the schools and they massively upgraded all the ventilation systems in the schools. And then what they did was they put the kids in no mass. Now, I would never recommend a study like that. Right. They did right. it. And there was very, very little transmission because of the increase in ventilation. So we have old buildings and we have, um, a, we have a, a system in uh, our public health uh, or our public school systems uh, in which they will never upgrade the schools, uh, in which they will always do whatever it is that they can do to avoid doing the right thing for the schools. So because we can't have 50% classes and because we can't have improved ventilation, the only thing we have is masking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you brought up the CDC again, and, like, one of the things that, like, created a lot of this chaos, as you put it, appropriately, I think. Uh, uh, do I have – I have an answer for you already, so go ahead. So I know what you're going to ask. The, yeah, the question becomes when, when you have an institution which has a pretty – which has historically had a fairly good repu- reputation like the CDC. Tell her. Tell her. They were they, – they're the – they were one of the, the, the shining – they are the premier preeminent institution uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, yeah. um, uh, globally. And, and I've had my problems with the CDC personally. I've interacted with them when I was doing Ebola in, uh, in Sierra Leone. Um, they, it's, it, you're dealing with bullies and you're, you're dealing with Americans. It's like it's American <laughs> civilian microbial yeah. soldiers. You're dealing with bullies, but – and because I, I was working for the World Health Organization. And so the World Health Organization, anytime they had to deal with the CDC, they'd send me in because they'd be like, fire with fire. We're Europeans. We're too polite. 
send in the American to go deal with the other Americans. And that was that was their I swear to God, swear to God that was their strategy. So but I guess the question is means, uh, the question becomes a one of public trust. So when you have a good I, reputation organization, and Greg talks about this a lot, and I really appreciate him for that, uh, he talks about when you when you essentially put pressure on these 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 pillars of of science and and our and you know holding back these pandemics, here, and you and you and you, and you put a big black mark on their reputation. What what do you do with what happens to public trust? Right. Where where do you think that black mark came from? Uh, Didn't come from them. Right. This came completely. This came from completely from the White House. Mm-hmm. It was the way. Think about it. Think about it. If your goal was to create maximum chaos, mm-hmm. if your goal was to create was to do everything so that you had maximum chaos, because if you think about it, let me. I'll answer that in a second. Mm-hmm. Think about this. In January, February, when he knew that this was really bad, right? There was one of two ways they could go. We know that the United States Postal Service was going to send masks to everybody. Mm-hmm. I actually have the the the, the masks because they they gave them out to City Hall. They had six hundred and sixty million masks that they were gonna they were going oh. to give away. Another right? reason so, why the Postal Service is great, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. another reason why the Postal Service is great. You should see the messaging on it: uh, wearing masks saves lives, uh, COVID nineteen, blah blah blah, asymptomatic transmission. And this was in late March, early April, right? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were going to send it. And then at the last minute, the 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 uh, um, the White House said, "No, don't send it. We don't want to send it. We don't want to show that masking. We don't want to panic. We don't want to, you know, whatever, whatever it was. They weren't doing the right thing." So in January, February, based on the Woodward, we knew that he knew what was going on, right? We knew that they did not want to send masks, even though the messaging, I have the label, I have, because Liana brought them home, they're all these little white masks, they're made by Hanes, Mm -hmm. Hanes donated them, they're like little tidy whitey you know, underwear (laughs) that you wear on your mask, right? That's what they look like. Oh, I've got Um, the Hanes masks, those are good. Right. (laughs) Everybody's so, wearing their so, underwear on their face now, but I, I started that trend. So, so they, so if think about this, the the pivot that the White House did was against masking, was trying to to blow it off, was trying to make it a hoax, right? Was trying to downplay it. Why do you think they did that? Because they knew that the right wing followers would take note and they would follow suit. They're not going to wear masks. They're not going to take it seriously. They're not going to do the right thing, right? Okay, so hear me now. So what's happening in November? An election. election. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it does make who's sense. More <laughs> like, who's more likely to show up at an election to vote? Are going to be the people who aren't afraid. Mm-hmm. Who are the people that are less likely to show up? are going to be the people who've taken it seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's been a huge, um, uh, uh, there's been politics that's been played with this, and that has been the plan. Mm-hmm. Complete speculation on my part, 
but that's been the plan. So in answer to your question, Jeff, mm -hmm. so what do you do? So you start slink, just like we saw in the debate last night. Mm -hmm. You come out and you start throwing sand in everybody's eyes. Mm -hmm. So why would you want – why would he want the CDC to be putting stuff out there that's counter to the messaging that they're putting out there? They're putting out a messaging of, oh, this is a hoax. This is nothing. It's a little tiny flu. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. The China virus, blah, blah, blah. They're blowing it off, right? Mm -hmm. Where the CDC is like, oh, boy, this is really bad. Mm -hmm. This is likely aerosolized. Children get this. They take this home and give it to their elderly parents, blah, 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 blah. They were actually doing the real science. So they had to shut them down. And what happened was they, they effectively created – an incredibly effective smear campaign against the CDC. Mm -hmm. And they also had Dr. Stephen Hahn, who is the head of the FDA, get up there uh, at one of those COVID uh, conferences and really make a, a, an ass of himself uh, when he stated about the convalescent serum. He misstated the statistics. We knew good and well. He knew good and well he was misstating it. He was doing it because he was there in the presence of the, of the president. But he put his foot in his mouth. He retracted his comments within 24 hours. And after that now, that's it. FDA's reputation has been ruined mm -hmm. as well. So this is why it's not that the FDA and the CDC are doing bad jobs. I think they're being pushed and they're being pressured to do it. But then on top of that, the U.S. government is smearing their own mm -hmm. uh, their own entities. And, and the FDA and the CDC are who the rest of the world looks at in terms of guidance. Uh, and listen, you know me. I am not like rah, 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 pro-America. You know, that is not me at all. I'm highly critical of this country, highly critical of the so-called quote-unquote democracy. But what they did to the FDA and what they did to the CDC is shameful. And I'll tell you what. There's one person who's standing up there telling the truth, and that is my colleague and infectious diseases doctor, Anthony Fauci, who will not cower in the face of that bully and in the face of what that administration is doing. Mm -hmm. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. We have Mark Allen Derry. Uh, we also have Jake Germain and Scott in the studio. Uh, the virtual studio, mine. It's over. This is over a, a conference call. We're not. We're, we're we actually have not been in WHIV yeah. since COVID at all. It's just so strange. You can't be in WHIV. What's that? <laughs> is is that the building that's uptown? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's not uptown. It's the building. It's on. Uh, it's on right off of uh, Orleans. Oh, okay. Right past. Drive by the uptown one sometimes. Yeah, right by wondering. Broad. Okay. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're talking yes, a little bit about sorry, COVID and um, public trust, and uh, I guess the question that sort of necessarily comes from this like violation of public trust, uh, be it political or not, most Americans don't see it that way, like like the way that uh, what actually did happen. There is sort of like, well, the CDC sucks, the FDA sucks, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you sort of restore that public trust? going forward is a, something that I find to be an interesting question. Um, so let me just, let's, let's, let me kind of dissect that, mm -hmm. that question for a quick second before we answer it. Mm -hmm. Think about where we are as a country. Mm -hmm. Think about the state of our democracy mm -hmm. when you have clear denigration of 
the two entities that you're going to lean on the most, not Fauci's entity. Fauci's entity deals with, uh, that's the NIH. They're dealing mm-hmm. with research. It's very hoity-toity stuff. It's not clinical stuff at all. Yeah. The clinical stuff, the stuff that's on the ground, that's the CDC mm-hmm. and the FDA that approves uh, therapeutics, okay, and vaccines. Um, the NIH focuses on big, big, big picture, like, Stuff that's in the lab for 10 years before it could even be released for potential, you know, phase one testing mm-hmm. and clinical trials. So the CDC and the FDA, think about, like, because I think about this all the time. What, what kind, who would go after your institutions of excellence, mm-hmm. global excellence? Mm-hmm. And it's people who want to see a failure in the system. Who else would, if you were an honest actor, if you were somebody who really wanted to see something good come out of something you would never publicly denigrate in fact in politics when do you ever hear minus like people picking on ilhan omar or you know uh rashida talib because they're both muslim or aoc because she's from puerto rico minus that overt racism that you get with uh, some of our black politicians minus that most politicians are chummy chummy with each other right Mm -hmm. they like they work out together they go to parties and drink their doc they sorry they drink their cocktails together you said doc Um, i think you said doc (laughs) they 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 are very polite and very chummy with one another right that has been the institution of american politics at least on a national level and so we are in a failed state when the leaders of our country go after the public health institutions of excellence Mm -hmm. and it's going to take generations for it to return, Jeff. It's mm-hmm. not going to take a couple of months. It's not going to take a couple of years. It's Let's just change the names around. I mean, uh. <laughs> a full brand, a full rebranding. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to take right. Uh, maybe we should just change the letters around so it'll be C. Yeah. Yeah. Disease yeah. <laughs> yeah. Control Center. Now, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep Tom Hardy for this reboot. He's good, but uh, all new characters, new new Alfred, all the new. Like we yeah. just got to change it. We got to make it sexy now. No, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true though. I mean, get it, the CDC it, on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take, it's going to take a very, very, very long time. And let me, let me, let me tell you this. Um, so <laughs> strap in folks, because we've only seen the beginning. Wait till the vaccine comes out. Oh, no. Which, oh, man, which yeah. one? Wait till, vac- wait till vaccines come out. Man. And wait, like, think about this. Um, like, three out of the four that are in phase three right now in the U.S. Three right, oh, out oh, of the okay. Actually, let's, let's, let's set it up like a little bit more broadly. So, so the vaccine situation, let's talk that in a broad sense, and then we can sort of drill down. So what's going on okay. with the vaccine? Would you take a vaccine uh, if it came out tomorrow? And why? <laughs> why or why not? No. No, I would not take a vaccine that came out tomorrow uh, because, uh, you know, and it's funny, like, you know, pe- very serious people, like serious at top levels of, um, of state government um, are, are um, uh, you know, ac- across the country are having conversations as what do we do when a vaccine comes out? Right. Because we're talking about serious, smart people. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that goes, mm, I don't trust that. You know, I don't trust that. So what do you do if you're a state uh, representative that's um, uh, tasked with vaccinating your state, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and who do you vaccinate? Well, the first people you vaccinate, everybody says, are healthcare workers. Okay, healthcare workers. But then who's next on the list? 
vulnerable communities. So are you going to really take a vaccine that just came out that we don't have good data on that appears to have been rushed for political purposes? And are you going to deliver that vaccine to vulnerable mm -hmm. communities that have uh, uh, historically been abused mm -hmm. by the healthcare mm -hmm. system, i.e. hashtag thinking of you Tuskegee syphilis experiments? Mm -hmm. Okay. It is pretty so, wild that... It is pretty wild that uh, there's an opportunity that the October surprise is going to be a bunch of literal snake oil. You know, yeah, like. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. There's no like, question about it. So what do you do for your health? Do you deliver that vaccine? Who? What does that vaccine do? You know, I, I, I guarantee you, I highly doubt. I, I, I don't think I know one healthcare provider that would take that first vaccine that comes out the door mm -hmm. that could be a potential October surprise. Now, as far as uh, political pressure for, for that to be undertaken, I think like in order to fight that, you would need to have the context of the existing, like what happened with the CDC, what happened with the FDA and with all these other institutions, wouldn't you think? I'm just sort of like game. I'm, I'm kind of gaming it out in my head, like how you would actually push against against like a like a like a very very high pressured White House rollout. Because I mean, uh, one of the things that I noticed when it was when it was about education, when I was at every state level of um, of government, where you know the public and you know a certain number of experts and people in a, in a, in, in in a, a field would say, well, this is what we're going to see if you do this. And then the legislators would be like, oh, okay, whatever, screw you. We're doing it anyway. You know? And like, yeah, yeah. like, like what would that, like, so like what does that look like yeah. here? Here, here's the deal. Um, even, even if they did do that and they will, they're, they're going to have to do it. Okay. Like they're not forcing you to go. Mm-hmm. It'll be like getting a test. Mm -hmm. If you want to show up to do it, you can do it. If not, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. They're going to go through the machinations. They have to go through the machinations of setting something up. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that there's going to be a rush to get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be until people like myself that go on TV or that go on a social media or that make a brouhaha. Go on noise filter. Go on noise filter. When I roll up my sleeve, right? Then I say, that's the vaccine I want. It's going to be the vaccine that has been vetted. Um, you're going to see um, what's going to happen is you're going to probably see something along the lines of four vaccines that are going to hit the market. And this is what I was trying to talk about. There's four vaccines. I love a good vaccine that... market. <laughs> I love markets so much. I love markets so much. <laughs> Dude, you're so right. God, I hate talking about healthcare in the perspective of market. You're absolutely right. There's four vaccines that are going to be available. Um, now, theoretically, they're all paid for. Right? right. That's where this whole Operation Warp fee. So it's going to be no cost to you. Um, the three vaccines right now that look like they're going to probably be approved are the AstraZeneca, the Pfizer, and the Moderna vaccine. Um, and they are all two doses each separated by 21 or 30 days. And this is the FDA and making that approval, right? This is the FDA making the approval. Okay, sorry, that's um, just for me. Sorry. Right, and um, they're going to require two. In they're require two injections each, each, and they're going to require um, two of them require sub sub zero temperatures, minus seventy. So, oh. that's think about the refrigerators that are needed mm -hmm. for that. Okay, 
Think about the cold chain. So you have to. So if you've got them stored somewhere, let's say at the convention center, uh -huh. right? And then now you're going to move them to Mahalia Jackson, where you're going to have a drive-through vaccine clinic, let's say. Um, and then one of them requires uh, minus seven degrees, right? Uh -huh. um, but they require two injections. Okay. So let's say you get your first injection. What happens if you don't show up for your second? You have to start mm -hmm. over. Who's going to call you to come for your first or second? There's three vaccines that require two injections. What happens if you show up at another place that has another vaccine and you get a second injection of the other vaccine, right? I mean, and who's going to make these phone calls? Who's going to manage all this stuff? New Orleans as a city is already broke. At, we are $180 million in the hole as a result of COVID because the state stole the money that was supposed to come to us uh, in, in, through measures I'm sure you guys have talked about here mm -hmm. on, on GMC, right? Through these political maneuverings mm -hmm. where money that was supposed to come to New Orleans ended up being uh, usurped by uh, state legislators. Mm -hmm. So we're already $180 million in the hole. Who's going to pay for this undertaking? Who's going to pay for the nurses? Mm -hmm. Who's going to pay for all of the logistics, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the PPE, uh, mm -hmm. the personnel, uh, the waste management, the, the, the everything, the rental of the space mm -hmm. the, for the parking lot, whatever. What if it's raining? Mm -hmm. I, there's so many factors that go into it. This is going to be the largest logistic uh, event that this country's ever undertaking. If we're talking two doses, there's 330 million people in this country. We're talking about potentially 660 million doses. Mm -hmm. We don't even have... 330 million glass vials available <laughs> to put those vaccines into. Wow. So you want to talk about how long we're going to be doing this for? We're going to be doing Next this for a long time. Years. You know why? Because this country was not prepared. They could have been prepared. They could have done the right thing. They could have, uh, tr Trump could have seen this coming. Uh, the White House could have seen this coming and could have taken glass manufacturers and, and, and used, what's the, 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 the law, the act, the wartime act when uh, that, that- The War Powers Act, the War Powers Act. Yeah, War Powers Act to, to, to make these glass vials. They knew it, the, I, it's not me, like, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm just the rube yeah, at, the bottom of the, at the bottom of the rung that th that's thinking this through. I guarantee you that the people who do this on a professional level, you know, at top levels have thought this through and they just did nothing. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. if you wanted to create maximum chaos at around the time of voting and election, you've done it. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's, the way, that's the only way they're going to be able to win because their, their ideas are not popular. And listen, I'm, a, I'm an independent. I have voted green for the last three uh, elections, uh, uh, presidential elections. This is probably going to be the first time I vote for a, a candidate on the Democratic ticket <laughs> for as long as I can remember, uh, because I, I really do believe that if it's a, you know, if it's another Hillary Clinton, three million votes over uh, that and it goes to court, they're going to probably give it to Trump. Mm -hmm. But if it's 10 million votes you know, harder. then I think it's going to be harder for a judge to think otherwise. And so, so while I'm voting for, for that, that, uh, uh, for the Democrat on the ticket, I'm in no way excited about that, that and the, the policies 
that are going to be promoted there. But I do believe that there will be a shift if we do get if there is a, a Democrats in an office, mm-hmm. they will shift and they will start to bring everything down again. They will lift up the CDC, and I guarantee the CDC will be uncuffed so that they will be able to make uh, the recommendations that are necessary to save lives. You are listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. We have Mark Allen Derry, uh, Jake Germain, and Scott Barrois. Um, I wanted, so I'm glad you kind of went in this direction, um, because as of recording, it's Thursday as of recording, we release on Tuesday, uh, and last night was a presidential debate, um, and I guess we could have a little bit of fun in this last 15 minutes, and COVID was one of the things that came up, and I think Trump's response was to, to like, have the military distribute <laughs> the drugs, which is, which sounds pretty I mean, it might be necessary, but I mean, uh, there was not a whole lot of specifics. I guess maybe we could talk a little bit about the COVID sort of back and forth and specifically one thing that Trump said to Biden about how they handled H1N1. Uh, I, that was exactly, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was exactly the point I was going to bring up. It is so Orwellian. Like, it is so Orwellian when Trump said, to, like, and what was driving me crazy about Biden? Like, I was like, oh, why couldn't have Kamala been out there, right? (laughs) If Bernie Sanders had been out there, Bernie Sanders would have taken a blowtorch, you know, and, 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 and just, you know, uh, and kneecapped him, you know, like Bernie, Bernie would have won the debate for sure. (laughs) uh, It would have been a tire iron and and a blowtorch and he would have gone to work. I love that Bernie's Arn Anderson. He's what? He's Arn Anderson. So I, uh, this is my favorite thing. Like I get to make a wrestling reference, and John and uh, Mark Allen doesn't uh, get it. <laughs> yeah, I bet you Griggs good. would get that one. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Griggs would be all. He'd be climbing the roof right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arn Anderson was a guy whose basically his entire gimmick was that he would just like be the enforcer for like like Pretty Boy Ric Flair, and he would like beat people up behind the scenes, and he would use a tire iron sometimes. <laughs> He's just a guy who looks like your dad. He does. Look, he looks like a dad who could beat people <laughs> up. Anyway, I'm sorry. Bernie Sanders would have been Arn Anderson. No, yeah. So, so when you're confronted, and listen, you know Biden's performance. You know the bar is set so low was weak at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when he was talking about Bo Biden, he kind of picked up. It was the one time that you really saw a father caring about his son, mm-hmm. and then when he found himself having to defend Hunter. You know, but aside from that, man, I mean, the times, you know, I love the times when he's like, shut up, man, or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just a clown or whatever. Those were genuine when he was looking directly into the camera. Mm -hmm. But when, 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 when Trump looked at him and said, you had 14,000 deaths with the H1N1, Mm -hmm. how do you not retort with, you have 200,000 deaths? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. How how slow, like uh, it's flowing through. Like, is it molasses? Like, what like what neurons did not trigger in his head that said, "You damn fool! You're comparing me with with a novel virus, an H1N1 that that we were able to control right away, Ebola, no deaths." Mm-hmm. And you're talking to us and you have 200,000 deaths. We had, we wrote the book on what to do as a result of all this. And all you're doing is you're flubbing things all along. 
H1N1. That was a that was a that was T-ball compared to the major <laughs> leagues that is that is the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That thing does not transmit to the extent that this virus does. It doesn't cause the long long-lasting issues. You know, and disproportionately picked off people who were vulnerable to flu, which is typically the elderly, the obese, and pregnancy. And that's what that's what got affected. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no and there was no vaccine at the time for it. There's mm-hmm. a vaccine for it now. Mm-hmm. How do you not respond to that? So that was the thing that was frustrating. And how do you not respond to to Trump uh, uh, saying that Fauci said that masks were no good? Fauci had to go actually on the media circuit today saying, no, I never said that. Masks are good. Every, for the last four months, every conversation I've had, I say wear masks. But Trump just comes out and says wear masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's really – Don't wear masks. And he really? just – everybody just is like, uh-huh, okay. That's what Fauci said. Fauci didn't say that. He really is like – like uh, just like – like gearing all his arguments towards like the Facebook groups for last man standing or whatever that just like <laughs> are a front that are like a, a front for like uh, where people go and have their political discourse now. Like right. QAnon. Like, he was literally seeing QAnon stuff like in the night when they told the Proud Boys mm-hmm. to stand back and stand by. You know, like, he was yeah, literally that, like talking in QAnon. 15 minutes. Like, uh. yeah, that's, that's their new, that's their motto. You heard that they developed that motto um that's their new logo stand down stand by yeah and oh they, my god you know, that's gonna that's gonna be what they're gonna they go by and um you know i so we're at a turning point america how are you going to respond well and, like, and the mm-hmm. thing about that that really like and i keep talking about this to folks and and there are differing differing opinions um but like obviously the like like the trump threat has to be mitigated like to be 100 percent clear however like that's all joe biden's running on like he's running on things like nothing is going to fundamentally change you know in your life and uh, you know he's basically offering nothing or, or, or adolf reed actually said on on his episode here like the establishment always offers up bubblegum in hard times and we're all out of bubblegum you know what i mean and and it's just like one of these sort of situations where yes we need to we need to stop this madness and at the same time we're not given something that's appealing to go towards uh and actually uh, we actually started making stickers on something that Adolf said, which is uh, Harris, uh, Harris, and uh, Biden twenty twenty. Because sometimes you have to clean the damn toilet. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that that's true. And and uh, you know, my cousin sent me, or Liana's cousin sent me, um, a, a a text that that was similar to what you just said just now. Mm-hmm. And I'll pull it up. It was a funny. It's a funny Russian joke. Um, but. Is you know, it like Yakov um, Smirnov? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, you know where we're at right now in terms of society is that um, we have a minority group of people that are ruling over a majority mm-hmm. group of people. The Americans are 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 very very left of center, right? Americans want free education. They want. $15 plus, uh, they want a living wage. They want Medicare for all. They want 
guns to either be banned or at least sensible gun measures. Mm -hmm. These are all things that are very reasonable that because of corporate interest mm -hmm. that, that, that pay uh, politicians to think otherwise and to legislate otherwise or litigate other, or legislate otherwise. Um, we have a, a, a body of, uh, of legislators that do not rule on our behalf. They rule on behalf of, of, of corporate interests and corporations. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation that we're in. We have a situation now where the court is going to now be six to nine. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, uh, three, six, six, three, six, three. Um, and, and, and the, the naked hypocrisy, right? The like, it has been nothing but naked hypocrisy, and it's been nothing but we accept the framing. We accept the framing that uh, deficits are bad. And deficits are always fine when a Republican is in office, but the minute, a minute a Democrat gets in office, deficits are terrible because it's okay for a Republican to, 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 um, to, um, to create deficits because that money is going directly to the rich. Mm -hmm. When a, a Democrat gets into office, those deficits would be uh, run up because that money theoretically would be going into social programs. So that mm -hmm. money would be going to the working class, people like yourself and, 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 and myself, right? And so deficits are bad when Democrats are office um, and deficits are great when Republicans are office, mm -hmm. right? And that's another naked hypocrisy that mm -hmm. we have accepted because the mainstream media in this country sucks big time. And this is why I started WHIVs because this is the only place that you're going to have conversations like this. And so the naked hypocrisy of Mitch McConnell, who twisted himself into a pretzel trying to explain why Merrick Garland could not be seated uh, uh, or could not have a, uh, um, a hearing uh, for his ability to sit on office. And Merrick Garland was milk toast. Right. That was milk toast. That was when Barack Obama should have brought in a black Jewish lesbian woman uh, who would have been some radical flame throwing liberal mm -hmm. that they would have been like, no. But people mm -hmm. like myself would have come out and voted big time for Hillary Clinton to get that person onto the office, right, mm -hmm. in, into into judgeship. But no, they played their hands wrong because you know why? Because the Democrats are always complicit to Republicans mm -hmm. because Democrats are feckless, because they are paid to lose. The only people who make it to office are people who are weak and feckless. I'm looking at you, Chuck Schumer, and everybody else <laughs> that's in Congress and everybody else that's you know in Senate. Wait, why do you think Ilhan Omar – or Ayanna Presley, or um, uh, AOC, uh, um, AOC, and Rashida, love Rashida, love Rashida, and, and, and new new Representative Bush, uh, and, uh, and and please remind me, Jeff, of the wonderful woman who just got it uh, uh, at, uh, in Ferguson, or she's from uh, St. Louis, Cory Bush, Cory Bush, yeah, Cory Bush, Bush. And, then, and, then, and then and then who was in in New York? Um, who was the principal? Jamal like, Bowman. No. To Bowman, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Why do you think those people the, they 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 threaten the establishment because they are not they are not beholden to corporations, mm -hmm. and that's why they're picked on all the time. So we're in a situation now where thirty percent of uh, of senators represent. Wait a second, let me get this right. It's seventy percent of the country is represented by thirty percent of senators, and seventy percent of senators represent thirty percent of the country. How did we get here? Right. This is not a place where we should be. We should not be in a place where it's OK for Mitch McConnell to ram through this uh, this conservative judge who we know we know is going to overturn uh, both the ACA 
and uh, is going to completely denude or denigrate uh, Roe v. Wade such that now it's going to turn into a state's rights situation. And we know the state of Louisiana has a trigger that the minute it becomes uh, uh, that the uh, uh, that the Supreme Court rules uh, against uh, Roe v. Wade, there's an automatic trigger that automatically oh, yeah. abortions become illegal in the state of Louisiana. So what's going to happen is that we're going to have women who with privilege are going to be able to get their abortions because they're going to fly to New York or they're going to fly to California or Washington or wherever it is they are. But women who are otherwise uh, uh, without privilege, which is the majority of women mm -hmm. in this country, are the ones that are going to suffer. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's going to be a really yeah. It, it, the situation that we're going to have is is really going to be unbearable, and the only way that we're going to be able to do anything is to organize and fight it uh, with one another. Uh, you did touch on the question of deficits, and um, you know I can uh, our next episode uh, we're going to be it's going to be coming out this Thursday. We're going to be talking about uh, with Jake. Uh, about uh, modern monetary theory a little bit and so a couple of ideas oh, cool. for like what would things are going to be uh, like like how how deficits um, kind of don't matter or at least they matter only when you want them to uh, so you can check that out uh, on Thursday uh, thank you so much for listening to Good Morning Comrade anybody want to say uh, anything on the way out uh, listen uh, you, uh, you can where can you listen to Noise Filter at Mark Allen one more time Noise Filter. Uh it's run on uh, WHIV. On uh, we do hour-long shows where we take our podcasts and, and ten-minute podcasts and put them together in one mm -hmm. hour clips. It's uh, uh, five o'clock on Mondays, ten o'clock a.m. on Tuesdays. You can find Noise Filter. That's one word. The podcast and all the major podcast um, uh, distributors. And then, of course, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, uh, as Dr. Mark Allendary or WHIV or um, uh, Eric D. Griggs, and we do our daily one-hour Facebook uh, uh, show where we talk a little bit more detailed oriented of COVID. Uh, yeah, and you can follow all of those. You don't have to pick. You can follow all of those. All of those pages too. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, love you. Bye. You're listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. Pull up on your left, 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 p